And the money freedom will come when we start exiting these properties and the value ads are completed and they start cash flowing and stuff like that. But what really ultimately drives me through is the sense of fulfillment that I get by helping other people, whether that's you know achieving their financial goals by investing in deals with me or teaching them how to do what I've done. Uh, so I see that within the next couple of years, you know, I would like to bring on some like mentees and work on a little bit of coaching and things like that because, you know, yes, the the market is saturated with different coaches and programs and things like that. Like we all know that, right? But at the end of the day, it's how you connect with other people. Your network is your net worth. Come listen to some of the most successful people I know. Share invaluable knowledge, stories, and advice in real estate business and beyond. This is Weiss Advice. Whether you want to take your business or personal life to the next level, look no further. Welcome back to another episode of Weiss Advice. I'm your host, Yona Weiss. And with me today, I have another incredible guest, Tim Vitali. What's going on, Tim? How are you doing today? Yona, thanks for having me, man. Uh, Super excited to be here. I am at least equally as excited as you because you have an incredible story and I think you're still living it, right? You're still in the middle, which is incredible because you've just done what so many people dream of doing. Um, Just recently, just a couple of months ago, you just stopped everything, quit your job, went full-time, all in, as they say, in real estate, multifamily, syndicating. Tell me a little bit about what that was like for you. I mean, from that W-2 job, corporate America, (laughs) and then no, let's let's go full time into into real estate. Yeah, really. I got into my real estate career maybe about you know early 2019. I started in residential. Uh, bought one of those, hated it. Immediately switched over to commercial. I uh, came from corporate finance world, so understanding a P and L uh, and gross incomes and expenses and NOI made way more sense to me than comps down the road with subjective finishes. So mm-hmm. um, I felt like it was a better fit for me to be into commercial, but it took me about a year to figure that out. Fast forward to about January 2020 is when I you know, cut the cord on the residential networking and all of that kind of stuff and, and got started in the commercial space. I uh, closed on my first deal in August 2021, which is a 91 unit property in Georgia. And uh, had significant momentum at that point. I uh, had multiple deals under contract. I was working basically 16 hours a day, you know, eight hours with my day job and like eight hours for real estate, uh, seven days a week. So it was clear and obvious when it was time to quit. Uh, the other deciding factor was the fork in the road that HR presented. HR said that we all had to go back to the office full time. And I didn't want to do that because I knew I was going to get fired for taking real estate calls all day long. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so that fork in the road came and I wasn't really ready to quit my job. But just like anything in life, you're never really ready to do anything. Uh, so we made this, my wife kind of actually, she pushed me in this direction. She was like, let's just sell the house and live off the equity in the house. So uh, we are living it right now as you're speaking. Uh, we close on our house November 15th, which is this coming Monday, uh, depending on when you listen to this, it's 11.15. So we sold our house in Charlotte, North Carolina, and we moved to Wilmington, North Carolina. We downsized from a basically a 3,000 square foot house into a 1,200 square foot apartment. And we're going to be living off the equity from our house. So that allows me to focus on real estate full time and you know jump right in, both feet in, wow. sink or swim. And you know if it wasn't for her, uh, probably would still be working my day job. 
and trying to make some cash flow and, you know, doing their whole rigmarole that everybody talks about. But she pushed me in the right direction and I couldn't be happier to get out of my job. And I just left my job. It was uh, the end of September 20, September 26, 2021. Wow. That's incredible. I mean, to have such a, the support from your wife also is awesome because, you know, it's big, it's a big risk, right? It's a big, uh, like you said, not really ready to do it, but jumping in is definitely going to help you get there faster. That's for sure. I think everyone will agree to that. And that's really something that I, I personally struggle with a lot because I know I love, I actually love the job that I do. Uh, you know, I can really spend my day doing podcasts like this and, you know, and that's totally fine because, you know, it's all part of being, you know, the cost segregations and I'm, it's great. But at the same time, I really want to be more active in real estate investing. And I know that the only way for me to really do that is to either work 16 hours a day, right? <laughs> or jump, uh, just jump in with two feet and, and, and kind of sever this, which I'm not really ready to do. And I don't think is wise uh, at this point for me personally. So that's kind of, I'm struggling with that, but I, I definitely know that I would totally succeed if I just, you know, cut this off and jumped in that. So it's just kind of a, it's a balance, which I think everyone needs to take, but I'm glad that, to see that you found what you're passionate about, what you enjoy. And uh, did, did you do this? Um, I mean, when you bought that 91 unit, you said in Georgia, and the other properties you have in contract, were they done all on your own or were they done with partnerships? Oh, everything's been done with partnerships. Partnerships makes the world go round in real estate business. And I don't care who you are. If you, if you think otherwise, you're not going to go as far as everybody else that has partners. Yeah. Okay, good. Just wanted to, wanted to clarify that and check on that. And I mean, to your strengths that you said your background is in finance, you have an accounting degree, you, you spent years you know, looking at financial statements and things like that. Is that something that you, when going into commercial real estate multifamily, you're doing the same kind of thing or are you kind of branching out to do other activities within that partnership? So I think that I was in the wrong industry when I worked a W-2 job. Most people meet me and they're like, you are the most bubbly, social, outgoing accountant I've ever met in my entire life. And I, I used to tell my coworkers that I had a word quota that I had to meet every day. So I would go over to their desks and I'd call them on the phone and we would talk. And I'm like, I just, I need to talk to somebody. I need to do something. So my skill sets transferred. Uh, the, the skills that I learned with numbers, I'm very, very, very good with numbers. I can look at a spreadsheet and tell you if you're full of it or not. But um, a lot of people don't think the way that I do when it comes to numbers and spreadsheets and analysis. And that's okay, because that's a skill that I bring to the table. But the other part that I like to bring to the table is I like to raise money from people as well, because it allows me to make connections with people. And the sense of fulfillment that I get by helping other people achieve their own financial goals through investing with real estate is really what drives me through and continues to bring my motivation is when other people send me text messages and they're so appreciative that they just got their first cash distribution or that they didn't know that they could invest in real estate and not have to deal with the tenants and toilets. There's a lot of, a lot of satisfaction by even an, I would say it's a calling or a necessity for anybody that you know raises money or that does syndications is that you have an obligation to let other people know, let the mass majority know that there are other ways to invest your money rather than stock markets and 401ks. And was were you not exposed to that at all during your corporate time? Not at all. When I heard of a private placement memorandum, I was like, what in the world are you talking about? It's It's funny because... You would think that, and I've come across it as well, a ton, that real estate is this option, you know, a very, very solid investment for a lot of people, but it's foreign 
to, to most people. And you're not told that by financial advisors for the most part. Even the financial advisors that I speak with or that I have spoken to, I would just say, I don't regularly speak to many of them, but they talk about real estate investing. They talk about REITs, okay? They're like, oh yeah, a real estate, yeah, sure, uh, a REIT. You can put your money in REIT, which really for all intents and purposes is like a stock. It's not very not very different from a stock has distributions, just like stocks would. It's not real estate. I mean, a financial is. advisor is never going to advise you to put money into a private placement because they're not going to make their cut on the investment. There's no financial benefit for them to recommend this to you. And you know, they always say the best deals are done behind closed doors. Well, 506B syndication is one of those best deals that you never knew about unless you had a pre-existing relationship with somebody or you're an accredited investor and you, you know, run with a circle of people that invest in 506C syndications. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you're talking about something that for a lot of people, right? The vast majority of Americans have no idea about, don't even know exist. Correct. Yeah. When, when I talk to friends and family, and I've, I've definitely stopped doing that as much now, but when I talk to friends and family about what I do, they, it's unfathomable. How do, how do you buy $18 million of real estate using none of your own money, but you sit there and say that it's the best investment you could possibly make? Yeah. It's too good to be true. Too right? good sure to be true. That, right? Can't happen. No way. It's too good to you got to put in the work. You got to do the time. You got to work your way up. You start as a doorman, end up as the CEO, right? That's the that's the common misconception. It's crazy how it's hard to explain. How do you explain that to someone when they, when they tell you that it's too good to be true? Because I've gotten that before. If it's too good to be true, why does everyone else do it? Right. Why does right. everyone else that has wealth, not money, has wealth, invest in real estate? Why is it commonly known that real estate is the number one producer of millionaires? Well, I mean, I guess you could argue now it's like e-com, but you know, right. that's whatever. Besides historically, the point. Historically. Right. historically, you know, real estate has made the, the most millions for the most amount of people. And, and you're going to love this part, has the best tax benefits. Yeah, for sure. Which a lot of you also don't, don't really understand or know about and are surprised when they learn to find out that you know some of these things exist and that also sounds like too good to be true right? you know so, a friend of mine posted a, a picture of his tax return showed he was a negative loss of three hundred thousand dollars and i said congratulations yeah it's like oh you lost three hundred thousand dollars no but on my uh that means i have zero tax liability that's and right and next year i probably will have the same because of that carryover into mm-hmm. next year but there's a lot of misconceptions Right. But you've done something that a lot of people kind of like starting off the podcast saying a lot of people dream about doing is just saying, okay, it's enough. And I'm just going to jump in. You found a passion. You found something that you love doing. And I, you know, I just, I commend you for that because that's incredible. That's really awesome. Thanks. I appreciate it. Let me ask you about, you know, the markets that you invest in, because we don't talk too much on this show about markets uh, in terms of the cities, the locations. You're in North Carolina. You said you moved just recently from Charlotte. Now you're in Wilmington, you know, a few hours away. Are you focused specifically in the place where you live or how do you determine, you know, which markets, which cities are the best ones for you, yourself and your investors to invest in? So, yeah, we look at all the, you know, demographics of a city, Right. We don't limit ourselves to my backyard. We do invest in North Carolina, South Carolina, going on Tuesday to look at a property in Georgia that we have an accepted LOI on, and then continuing my drive from Georgia to Alabama to do on-site inspections and due diligence on another property that we're setting to close by the end of the year. 
at the end of the day, as long as you have rent growth, population growth, you know, and it's in the Southeast, you probably have a pretty good market to invest in, uh, depending on what your investors are looking for. You know, most of my investors are looking for equity plays. If you're more of a cash flow type of guy and your investors are more cash flow oriented, maybe you want to invest out in the Midwest. But what works for me and my competitive advantage with my partners is that we are local to the Carolinas. We can be on site in a property in a couple hours drive. Uh, we don't have to schedule bookings and fly anywhere. Uh, we don't invest in Florida, at least at this time. It's just so hyper competitive. And I thought Charlotte you know, and Raleigh was bad with Apple and Google and everybody moving to the Carolinas. You know, Florida is just another animal. So we don't even look at Florida because we can't be competitive in order to try to get the returns that we're looking for for our investors. Makes sense. And like you said, it's very interesting. Different investors have different goals and, you know, different uh, desires, what they want to get out of their money. Like you said, some people are looking more for the cash flow, meaning they just want to be, see the, that check coming in every month or every quarter. And others are looking for the equity, which means that they may not get, you know, such high cash returns in the first couple of years, right? But down the road, you're probably going to make a lot more uh, on the money as the property goes up in value. And as you, you know, drive force that appreciation, et cetera. So I think, you know, there's a lot of perspectives and I, you know, I myself look, uh, look for different things in, in different markets because, you know, you want to make sure that you're getting a little bit of a diversification as well. Obviously it's good to have cash flow If you don't have the equity in your house to live off of, or you don't have a very high paying job, uh, you want to make sure you're getting cash flow from your investments as well. Hey, it's also a good idea to kind of hedge your investments, right? You know, if you, uh, for example, invested all of your money into property in Manhattan for some reason right. during COVID, you would have gotten crushed. But if you hedged that by having property, you know, in the Southeast, Texas, you know, Arizona, places like that, and those are rapidly going up in value, you're kind of hedging your losses there. You know, all things kind of come back with time. But you know, it's a good thing to have some diversification, as you're saying, Midwest, Southeast, Southwest, wherever you decide to invest for sure. Now you're a young man, Tim, right? I mean, uh, I have to reveal I'm your 31 age. 31 now, so I guess uh, relatively, I guess relatively young. To me, you're 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 young, relatively, right? But the point of the point I'm trying to make uh, why digging up that question is, you uh, you know, you have a lot of time ahead of you. What do you plan on? You know, what do you plan on doing? What's the the goal with this with this shift? In careers and and going you know full in, I mean, it sounds like you already have a few hundred units under contract, and you're you're literally going full force ahead. So, what does that look like at ten years now down the road? Ten years from now, that's a hard that's a hard place to be. Uh, you know, so I don't know how long it's going to take me to accomplish my goal. My goal is to have a hundred million dollar net worth. Um, now that could happen in ten years, could happen in twenty years. I have, I have no idea. What's more important to me, though, I went to Jennings and Yaden Smith's mastermind event. And we did this visualization exercise with like kind of breath work and, you know, kind of thinking about, you know, who you were, who you are today and where you want to go. Mm -hmm. And I originally got into real estate because I was chasing money freedom and time freedom. Well, now I have time freedom because I'm not working in my job. And the money freedom will come when we start exiting these properties and the value ads are completed and they start cash flowing and stuff like that. But what really ultimately drives me through is the sense of fulfillment that I get by helping other people, whether that's you know achieving their financial goals by investing in deals with me or teaching them how to do what I've done. Uh, so I see that within the next couple of years, you know, I would like to bring on some like mentees and work on a little bit of coaching and things like that because 
you know, yes, the, the market is saturated with different coaches and programs and things like that. Like we all know that, right? But at the end of the day, it's how you connect with other people, the way that I talk about things and the way that my mindset works. And I know I'm a very black and white type of person. There's not really much of a gray area for me. And other people are going to resonate with that more so than they have with other coaches, for example. So that's definitely something I see myself going into the future is working on a coaching and mentorship platform and really providing value to other people by education. And if I can change one person's... We actually talked about this at the Jake and Gino event when I yeah, first met you that's there. Right. Was, you know, how many people started coming up to me because they recognized who I was through social media? And one guy in particular said, I'm only here because of you. I wanted to meet you, right? And I always say this, but if I could change one person's life for good, right? Then that's it for me, right? That's paying it forward. That's making the world a better place. That's helping educate somebody, achieve their financial uh, goals or their whatever their time goals or you know, their, their overall life commitments and goals are. And that, that's really what drives me and is, uh, is being able to say, you know, I help this person um, and, and not even really like kind of bragging about it, but just knowing that deep down somebody else's life is significantly better because you are in it. 100%. There's so much, I mean, so much fulfillment from having those conversations. And like you said, it's happened to me as well. And I remember you telling me that uh, in Orlando a few weeks ago that there's, you know, you change one person's life, you help someone else get to a goal where they want to get to. And just, just by the fact of you doing it, they see and you are living by leading by example. That's what we, you know, we talk about all the time. Just lead by example. Be that person that you uh, that you want to be, and others will look up to. Do, be that person that you look up to, because you will end up, you know, helping and and showering other people with that uh, with that goodness. So, I just made a post about that actually on you know the social media outlets. Was <laughs> you know twenty twenty two is going to be my year, and I'm going to do it by leading by example. And I'm going to document the whole process along the way to help educate and inspire people to do the same because. It's, you know, my mentor likes to say uh, real estate is the equalizer of all dummies, right? So it's just the ones that take action and actually do it that are going to be successful. So if I can inspire somebody to do it and show that it's possible, because, you know, some mentors and coaches, uh, you know, they got hundreds of millions or billions of dollars of assets, right? If, if you're just starting out in real estate, it's kind of hard to like fathom that that's possible, right? But if you start to bring along some people in your coaching program when you're just starting out and they can resonate with who you are and where you've been and what you just went through, then you're going to have a much better, deeper connection with that person and help inspire and change their life. That's a good point. You know, you definitely relate to someone who's only like one or two or three steps ahead of you uh, more than someone who's like, you know, 50 steps ahead of you. I mean, I know it's funny, like Rod Khalif been to his, his boot camps and stuff and he gets up there and he starts showing all the pictures of like the yachts and the cars and the houses and all this good stuff. And he's like, I have had $50 million and then I lost it all. And now I have it again. And, uh, you know, and he's, he's an amazingly inspirational person, but to, to a lot of people, it's just like, not everyone relates to that. You know, not everyone relates to, to that kind of thing. And for, he does this goal setting thing as well. And I remember when, when I was there, I participated in that. And it was just like, okay, what are your goals? Like, what do you want to do? And he's, he's just saying, is it that watch you want to buy? Is it that car you want to buy? Is it that? And I was like, none of that actually resonates with me at all. I'm like, I want to spend more time with my children. Like I want to, you know, set a time every day, like, you know, 10 minutes a day specifically with each one of my children, like to spend time with them. I want to, you know, and these were the kind of things to me, it was like, that's having that time freedom, having that financial freedom that would get me there. 
um, to be able to do that. And and he's like, we'll start doing it now. And that's really what it is. So what you're, what you're saying, I relate to tremendously because I always say, and it's even on my website, it says like, if you know ABCs, like you can teach ABCs, like you don't have to be, you know, the most, you know, the most expert person in the world to be able to be a coach and help someone else who's just, you know, a few steps behind you. If you know something, you can teach it. And, and I think there's a lot of, you don't have to, don't give yourself away, be transparent and say, listen, this is where I'm at, right? I'm yeah. just a little ahead of you. And I have coaches and I have mentors, uh, you know, who are helping me get there, but let's, let's all get there together. Yeah. And, you know, I had, you know, the biggest, the biggest hurdle for most people to get over is their own limiting belief that they don't have value, that they can't teach other people, but that's not true. And I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that I haven't had my own limiting beliefs. I had this conversation maybe three months ago, two months ago, something like that. I don't know. And I said, why would anybody want to pay to have me coach them? I've never gone full cycle on a deal, but somebody was talking to me. They said, wait a second, but don't you know how to talk with brokers? Don't you know how to analyze deals? Don't you know how to submit offers? Don't you know how to do due diligence? Don't you know how to raise money? Don't you know all of these different things? The only piece you don't know because you've never been through it is selling a property, which is the easiest part. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a very good point. Now, there, there is a lot of um, kind of credibility that is associated with someone who's been through a cycle because it means that they've been through all the ups and downs that come with owning a property from beginning to end. And and yes, you're right that selling the property is probably one of the easiest, especially in our market, right? In our yeah. times right yeah. now, you know, it's like put out an offer, put it on the market, you know, the next day get like 10 offers all over asking price. Like, you know, yeah, what price per unit would you like? Throw a dart, see what you land. Let's go with that. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's funny how you say that, but at the same time, you really do need to, you know, obviously it's good to have someone who has that credibility, who has a little bit more experience, but it's all about what you can teach, what you can give over. And, uh, you know, if you have that experience, why not? Why not be be there to give back to someone else who's who could learn from you? Yeah, exactly. But, you know, the point is, is that you're not teaching somebody how to operate. You know, there was like cater your coaching to what you know and what you're good at. And that's all of the acquisition side of things. And I'm still learning asset management. I mean, I just got off a call 20 minutes ago before this one was a property manager as a management call with our property managers on a property you know that we have. And I'm still learning what to do and how to do it there. And I'm not going to coach someone and tell them this is what you do because I don't have that experience, but I know how to do everything else that got me to that point, right? So just you know, yes, speaking to experience and going full cycle and all of that good stuff is fine, but don't advertise your course as the as all is all end all that right. you've been through the ups and downs and you can do everything when you're still learning how to do it yourself. But yeah. I can teach you how to acquire properties. Right. Yeah, that's it. That's a very good point. And like you said, if you have value to share, like share it. You know, that's you're going to get so much more out of just giving and sharing and adding value to other people than holding it that's back how, just for yourself. That's how I got into my first deal. I I provided value to other people with no expectation of return for a very long period of time. And when they found that they had a problem because they didn't have enough time in order to be part of, you know, to do the asset management on that 91 unit deal, they said, "I can't think of anybody better to bring on board to our team to get him started in real estate. He's done everything for us. It never asked for a dollar, never asked for anything and just continues to offer, 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 offer. And when they told me that they wanted to bring me on in, in the deal, they said, Tim, you are the only person in our Facebook group that just continually signs up to just do things for us 
over and over and over again. And you never ask for anything. And he's like, you know how many people send me messages or call me or text me and send me emails about what do I need to do with this? How can we work together? You know, Can you show me how to do this? And you've never asked for any of that. All you've just said is, what else can I do? Right. And you know, sure, I did it for free for months and months and months, like over a year, right? But the the credibility that I got by being associated with these guys, and you know, not to mention the equity slice that I got, mm-hmm. you you look at it after you know it's all said and done. You're like, well, wait a second, you're going to make like three hundred thousand dollars off of this deal. Do you think working for free for the last month, or I mean, for the last year, was worth it? I think so. Yeah, absolutely. That's an excellent point. There's so much to be said about that. It's uh, it's incredible. Uh, so listen to that. If you're listening to this podcast and you're still listening at this point, take that you know lesson away. That just add value. Don't expect anything in return. And believe me, believe Tim, <laughs> you'll get back so much more. Living proof. You know, it is living proof. It is, and I've seen it myself a hundred times, so many different ways. You know, not necessarily in you know a huge equity stake in a deal that's going to be six figures, but in so many small ways as well, um, on a daily basis, literally. So, I'm a you know I'm kind of a walking uh, you know uh, poster boy, you know if you will, for that concept. So I'm I'm all I'm all behind that. And, and the biggest thing is is you don't. And I'll truth be told here, I didn't have much value to bring that I thought. Because I didn't have any money to invest. I didn't have any deal flow. I didn't have really good broker connections. But what I did have was time. Well, I made the time working 16 hours a day, right? But I made time and I found what was valuable to them that was not money in deals. And I pressed on that. And I didn't do it purposely. I look back now at it and I'm like, oh, that's exactly what I was doing. But during during the time, I was not thinking that. I never wanted anything. I truly deep down, never wanted anything. I just wanted to do it because I enjoyed it. And I and I liked these people and I wanted to help them out because I, I was learning a lot from them. Right. And it was like the law of reciprocity. They were teaching me so much mm-hmm. and I felt like I had to do something for them because I learned all of this stuff for free. What can I do to give back to them? And, right. and uh, yeah, I mean, you don't have to have money in deals uh, to get into real estate. You, you do have to find a way to provide value and don't ask how can I provide value to you? Because all you did was give them a job. And that's the quickest way for them to never text you back. Right. 100%. That's that's huge. We're going we're to clip that one out. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's, uh, that's, a, that's, a great, uh, that's a great catchphrase right there. Uh, Tim, I want to transition now to what we call the final four. The four questions I ask all my guests. And the first question for you is going to be, what is the worst job that you ever had? The worst job that I ever had was at, when I was in college. I worked at a firehouse subs. And uh, it's a, like a little sandwich shop, but the guy that the manager that owned the place, you know, is uh, I don't know if any of your listeners know or listen to Mark Evans, but you know, he was the king dingling of the sandwich shop, you know, and he thought that he was a big shot, and he just made everybody's life hell. And I was absolutely miserable working at this job, and he was a stickler with clocking in and clocking out for seven twenty-five an hour. It just wasn't worth it. Yeah, that, that's bad. We actually just had someone on the show just one of our most recent episodes, also someone else who a very, very, very similar experience when they were in college working for a sandwich shop and the manager was a stick. It was like literally, that's funny. So if anyone's listening to that, to uh, Ryan, Ryan Nunez's episode, you can go and, uh, and check that. That's going to air a little before Tim's go back to that. Second question for you, Tim is what is a book you've read that's given you a paradigm shift? So there's actually two books that immediately come to my mind. And I think that 
everyone should read these two books because they've completely changed my life. The first one was Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. That really opened up my mind to how the psychology of a conversation works. It changed my personal life, changed my professional life, it changed my real estate career, it changed everything. I think about things differently because of that book. And the second one is a book that my mentor sent me. He told me to read this book. And it, as soon as I finished it, it was in my top two, um, Who Not How by Dan Sullivan. Um, it teaches you how to delegate and how to work together with partners because you don't need to be the one that knows and does everything to be successful. There is a who for every how out there. And if you continue to grow your network, again, that cliche saying your network is your net worth, the more, the, the bigger your network is, the more who's you know in order to complete more how's. There's no limit to how many how's you can you can right. uh, you take care of if if your network is you know if your who's in those uh, words are uh, ever growing right you, you never know who you're gonna meet next right literally that's right that's right um, for third question what's a skill or talent that you would like to learn something you'd love to learn about so this one's difficult because there's because you don't know what you don't know right there are things that I know that I want to get better at. One of them is surfing. Um, I moved back to Wilmington, North Carolina. I used to surf when I was in college, and I'm looking at getting back into surfing. Um, I have to go buy a wetsuit, though, because it's kind of cold. Um, the second thing, the skill or talent that I'm trying to expand upon or grow upon is how to be a content creator slash innovator. Uh, just recently hired a social media guy to help me out with that because he's the who for that how. And you know, I'm looking to grow that skill. How do I make better content? How do I make you know be better images and better quality and and create more thought provoking posts? Those are things that anybody can learn how to do. And I've hired a right who to teach me how to do that. So it's a skill that I'm currently working on developing. Well, that's great. I, I would say, until this point, yeah, I think you're doing pretty well. Uh, <laughs> I want to get better though. I always one percent better every day. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, just keep getting better at it. So looking forward to seeing how that's gonna continue to grow and uh just outdo itself. So that's that's exciting. Uh, fourth and final question: what does success mean to you? Same thing it means to you: time freedom and money freedom. You know, I want to be able to do what I want when I want. Uh, I have time freedom now because I don't have my W-2 job anymore. I'm working on the money freedom. You know, the money's, it's out there. It's coming to me. I'm manifesting it. Uh, a lot of equity on the balance sheet, but I can't eat that until we sell the properties. So still working on on the money freedom side of things. But, you know, just being able to provide, you know, the same experiences and and level of support, you know, to my family and friends. And, you know, when my, as my parents get older, being able to provide for them, or, you know, I would really love to be able to pay for my entire family to go, you know, like on a family trip. Cause you know, like I'm what 31 now, the last time we did that, I was 12 or 13, we went on a cruise or something. So it's, it's long overdue. And I, I would really like to be able to uh, provide that experience for my, my family. That's awesome. Ways, ways to give back. And there's countless ways to give back, whether, you know, your family, uh, as you expand that horizon will, will grow as well with you as your, you know, as your success and as your finances uh, grow as well. So that's, that's amazing. Where, uh, where can our listeners find you or reach out to you, Tim? Uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, you know, face, I'm more present on Facebook. Uh, I'm working on my LinkedIn presence. 
I have a Facebook group called Making Moves in Multifamily. Or if you are interested in scheduling a call with me or investing in any of my deals, uh, you can go to my website, www.upsidecapitalgroup.com. And there's a link there where you can go to my Calendly and schedule some time to talk with me. Uh, or there's an investor portal if you're interested in seeing what kind of deals and things that I offer in the Southeast, uh, if those equity plays are in your in your realm. Very cool. Very cool. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure to put all that in the show notes. And uh, you know, I'm sure people will be reaching out to you from this podcast. So I appreciate you coming out today or joining us for this conversation. It's been a lot of fun. I appreciate it. I am so beyond thankful that you asked me to be part of this. Um, I appreciate it very much. And I just wish you the best. And I love watching your content. And I try to make it to your virtual meetups, but I always seem to be making dinner at seven o'clock Eastern time. So um, looking forward to connecting with you more, honestly. It's been, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you. I appreciate that, Tim. Well, one of these days you'll come back. Maybe we'll get you to speak at the virtual meetup and then you'll have to put dinner oh, on the side. have to be there for that to one, order, <laughs> order dinner. Order dinner in. Um, but until next time, to our listeners, thanks again for joining. And remember, the best advice comes only when you ask. Real quick, I have one question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I want to ask you a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message to the whole world is that if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this podcast is out on is that you like my stuff and I'm doing something right. So take a few seconds out of your day, hit that subscribe button, leave a rating or review. I would be extremely grateful. Also, I want to hear from you guys. So I want to hear some feedback. If you have any questions for future episodes, please find me on LinkedIn, send me a DM, a connection request, Yona Weiss, and I'd love to hear from you.